hello and welcome back to the Christian Nerd of Godcast, the crossover you didn't know you wanted, but now you cannot live without. My name is Scott Higa. I am the Christian Nerd, and along with me is the host, patron, mastermind, lover. Keep going. Uh, I ran out of things. I should have pulled up a. <laughs> I should have pulled up the source before that. It's Tony T from the Nerd of Godcast. Hi, Tony. Hero to millions, yes, champion of the oppressed, yes, defender of yes, justice, yes. paragon of virtue. Why do you need me to be your hype man when you are your own <laughs> hype man? Listen, sometimes you got to build your own fire, man. Listen, true story. The other day, in in ministry's sake, uh, one of my leaders and I went to McDonald's. Now, that's why I had to clarify that it was for ministry, because I don't normally consume the golden arches. But we were bringing some food to someone who had fallen on hard times. They were hungry. It was late at night. And they asked, uh, hey, can you help us? So uh, we went to go visit. We're in the drive-thru getting a sack of McDonald's food to bring to them. And um, this young lady and I. And the woman hands me my bag of McDonald's and gasps when she looks out the window. And she goes, your eyes are perfect. (laughs) And then she said, no disrespect to your wife. Now, there were so many things wrong with what she said because, A, the 22-year-old girl sitting next to me was not my wife. And, B... uh, Wow, that was a really nice and unexpected compliment from the lady at the drive-thru at McDonald's. But Was the so. person you were f- with offended by the thought that someone could think she was your wife? No, 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 not at all. But it was funny because she said she didn't even look at me. She, How would she even? I said, of course she didn't look at you. Look at my eyes. <laughs> well, <laughs> you do have very nice eyes, Tony. Thank I, you, I have gotten lost in them in many a Skype session. I'm if there's saying. ever a break in the conversation and you're out there wondering, why hasn't Scott said anything for so long? It's because I've fallen into the deep blue pools of Tony's <laughs> eyes. I'm like, I am, I'm like a fat Paul Hollywood. I'm happily drowning paul hollywood's kind of a fat paul hollywood well listen you bake that much bread what are you gonna do carbs are delicious they are how you been can you give me can you give me just one second i have a phone call that may be of an emergency nature give me just half a second i'm sorry pause 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 hey i'm on with scott higa is everything okay i have milk Oh, good. It's not a real emergency. Okay. We can leave this Bye. one in. Lise <laughs> yeah. Mari is coming over to my house as she has the past couple of weeks to watch this stupid show called The Masked Singer. And um, we watch it on Thursdays because we have church on Wednesdays. And also, I only have Hulu, not cable. So when she comes over, she likes to bake cookies, but she insists on having milk. So anticipating her need. I did purchase milk, which no one in my family drinks. We literally only keep milk for Lismati and Neff. Are you lactose intolerant? You just don't like no, it? No, 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 no. I, I, I'll eat dairy all day, but just I don't That's care true. for milk. Well, do you not? Do you have milk? Like, what if you're trying to make Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner? You need milk Didn't, for that. Well, I buy the kind with the cheese that's already in the foil pouch, like the the goopy cheese. But no, I mean, I can cook with milk. I appreciate milk for what it is. I just don't ever want a tall glass of it to drink. If you don't have it in your home, then you can't, you know, make Swedish pancakes or Kraft macaroni and cheese (laughs) or cookies. Do cookies need milk? Hot chocolate. Nobody likes hot chocolate. There's lots of stuff you can't do. I mean, there's stuff that you use milk for other than a tall glass of milk. Cereal. Does nobody in your family eat cereal? 
rarely, but I, I want to stop you when you said nobody likes hot chocolate. Uh, the internet is listening to us, and I think they just <laughs> took sides, sir, in this conflict, in this civil war. I think you just alienated a lot of good people. That, that's all right. I don't. I don't mind alienating people who like hot chocolate. Just kidding. I. I don't like <laughs> hot chocolate. I don't. I don't. I don't like sweet beverages. Really, hmm. I'm not a sweet drink guy. No, you're a milk guy. I do. I so my wife doesn't listen to this, so I can say this. I constantly drink milk out of the carton. I'll just get a little <laughs> bit of peanut butter on a spoon, then grab that milk and just chug some of it. And so hopefully my sister listens to this, so she might tell my wife now. So I might be in She trouble. wouldn't dare. Oh, she would. Oh, okay, so is Alicia like a little bit of a neat freak? Like she's, no cooties? She's a, she's a, she doesn't like the germs, and she is hypersensitive to the germs. And I'm very much, uh, ah, rub some dirt on it. Five-second rule, 12-second rule if it's your home. It's okay. I mean, you guys, you guys have made a baby together, yeah. so don't. I mean, don't you think maybe all the germs you once had, maybe she's... No, she's okay with that. She's okay. I mean, we're not... I mean, you know those those people who their environment has to be pristine for their child. Sure. They spray up after everywhere. They keep it like, we're not, we're not those parents at all. Cl- no, Claire- you let your kid run around the Chick-fil-A play place. Yeah. Which- yeah. She was running around the play place. It's, play it's last a veritable night. Petri dish. I mean, we took her home immediately and gave her a bath, but of course. I mean, we're not <laughs> monsters. I, I even recognize the need to take a bath after being in the Chick-fil-A play place. Even Chick-fil-A does. They put those little uh, moist towelettes in a bin right by the door. I don't know if they do them out there. Oh there, yeah. No, our, they, they they've got him out there out out here as well. So so know. yeah, it, she's this is a funky experience for everybody. We acknowledge it, but she's more of a of a definitely she doesn't like germs and she's more adverse to them than and there and as you know in marriage there are little things where I don't care or that's not how I would do it, but I'm not going to pick a fight over it. So I'll just yeah. it's like that's fine if like one of the things she, she likes to keep the toilet seat closed. Because she imagines all the germs from the toilet flying up into the air, and I'm like, Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah, sure, scientifically whatever. proven. Yeah, probably. I mean, she's a biologist; she knows more than I do. There's like an, a fecal aerosol spray <laughs> that shoots like ten feet in the air. You got to cover you, your that's toothbrushes. That's why you use the, and... the poopery before and after. It just that's, traps it all in. That's exactly what I was poopery? thinking. Poopery is pretty amazing. I never have. I did. I'm, did my microphone just cut? No, my I, micro- I hear oh, you. you. Hear me? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah dude. Poopery. Uh, somebody just suggested that we should buy poopery for the church staff bathroom. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> they they assume that you're the culprit. I don't even use the church staff bathroom. I'm four minutes from my house. If I've got to do something significant, I'll just go home. Has that always? Oh, we're just getting really toilet toilet talk. Yeah. Here. Has that always not? been the case? Because I, when I was younger, I refused to poop anywhere other than my house now as i've gotten older i've gotten past that and as long as it's relatively clean and there's no poop on the seat i can make it happen pretty (laughs) much anywhere yeah i think when i was younger it was no way absolutely not no how uh as i got older i found certain safe houses like to me my little pop-up map i'd be like okay if it's a target target's (laughs) a safe house that's a good place to, to poo if you need to um, there's a couple different places that are sort of on my my map, like Barnes and Nobles, usually a safe place to go. Oh, I speaking of, so Alicia and I, my in-laws volunteered to watch Clara, so Alicia and I go out to dinner. We went out to dinner, and I mean, we finished dinner, and it's 7 o'clock, and we thought, we need to stay out later than 7.15. I mean, just to the good of our souls, we need to stay right. out. 
at least till 7.45. So we went to Barnes & Noble because Alicia likes books, and I wanted to see what Dungeons & Dragons stuff they had. You know, the things <laughs> yeah. you do. And our Italian dinner hit me, and we were at Barnes & Noble, and I'm like, oh, As all right. Will. I will go to the bathroom. And I thought about the episode of 30 Rock where Liz Lemon finds her new best friend at the Barnes & Noble bathroom. And I told mm. Alicia, I'm going to go find my new best friend. And she laughed. And I was like, I really got to go. <laughs> and so I went to the Barnes & Noble and I looked in one stall. And my one scenario for not using a public restroom to poop in happened because there was poop on the seat and poop on, on the, the floor. On the seat? Yeah. Somebody was trying to pull a hover move. This is what it always is. It's like, was somebody trying to pull a hover move or was it an 11-year-old punk? Which one uh. was it? Because one is somebody just doing their best, and they they probably ha- are having a worse day than I am. If you poop on a four in a Barnes & Noble unintentionally, you're having a bad day. Or it's a 15-year-old who think it's, thinks it's hilarious, and <laughs> then, it, oh, my I goodness, I saw yeah. somebody. Ah, it's a ghost. It's a Puerto Rican Holy ghost. Holy crap in a hat. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. Lee Smuddy just snuck up on Tony, and he did not know. Oh, my gosh. You literally, I I, I almost just messed my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Lee Smuddy from the the Nerd of God cast. It's Lee Smuddy Valentine, everybody. Wait, is this going to be, is this part of it? Why do you have a video? What? He likes he likes to stare into my blue eyes. I get lost mm-hmm. in his blue eyes. He gets lost in my blue eyes. I just realized you can't hear anything yeah. he's saying because yeah. he's I'm saying all great things right now and nothing racist at all. <laughs> he he said he admires your your people. They are a clean and industrious people. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> I would like to go to Puerto Rico uh, though. It seems nice. He wants to go to Puerto Rico with you. No, that sounds weird. It sounds weird. It's <laughs> not what I said. Okay. <laughs> We're trying to do a show, Lee oh, okay, Smotty. I'm sorry. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> All uh, right. Anyway, how was your week? We've talked a lot about poop and gotten very distracted. How are you doing, Tony? Uh, well, uh, everything's been good. Been super, super busy. Getting ready for a uh, week-long excursion with my youth leaders team for retreat. We're going to the Bahamas, which is great. That is amazing. And uh, so it's it's been the double down, getting prepared for all the things that are going to come this week and the we- the next. So uh, busy, 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 but ultimately pretty good. How about you? Nice. I've felt a little blah lately. I don't know blah. why emotionally physically just, yeah, i don't know it's just one of those weird seasons where you go through it and you're like ah, oh, like nothing's bad i don't think so yeah i just i just feel a little blah lately you need some invigoration yeah i don't know but i don't know where that's going to come in i mean i well, played dungeon you, dragons for three hours so that was good do you get it from the sense of danger you receive from drinking out of the carton against your wife's expressed desires I get it from the sense of disgust when there's poop on the floor in barnes and noble ah. <laughs> No, I don't know. No. It's just I think I go through there's some seasons in life where I experience just a little blahness. I had a lot of I was doing a big project at work and that's sort of coming to not the end, but sort of it crested a little bit and now we're sort of in the resolution piece and it's gonna crest again. We're kind of in the, the in between part. So I think there's some let down and release from that. Um, my wife went back to work. So I don't know, it's just yeah, I felt a I felt a little less maybe a little lackadaisical. I don't know. Hmm. I haven't well, felt I think, stellar. I think all of our listeners here need to inspire Scott. Give him <laughs> a reason to smile and a reason to laugh. You are going to be his quicker picker upper. So uh, take to the social media at Scott <laughs> underscore Higa. No, just uh, at that Higa. No underscore. Just or Scott underscore Higa. Whichever uh, who one. Who is that guy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that but guy's going to get a lot of encouragement. Hit them both up. 
at Scott Higa. Give him, say something nice to him. Tell him a joke. Send him a whimsical animated gif. Do something to put a little spring in his step oh. this week. He needs a little. He needs a little extra pepper on his steak. If you if you know what I mean. I that that doesn't sound like a good euphemism, especially oh, yeah, when you're just, sending people things on the internet. I just made it up. So it felt <laughs> like it felt natural. So yeah, no, like so it's nothing bad. I'm not, you know. In it's the, a malaise. Yeah, a malaise. And I'm on, not. And I, I'm, I'm not lost in a pit as I'm lost in your eyes. It's just a general malaise <laughs> that happens. I think when you're in your late 30s and you're just like oh all right this is all kind of normal i'm just going through life so you know do you have any like ear piercings or tattoos no so are you should i is this permission to enter my midlife crisis i'm just saying go for it man if you're I, gonna dive I had in an ear piercing once in my life well then, and then, then you have to do and i had to take it out <laughs> oh, that's awful i know this is the most disgusting podcast i've ever been on and, and... i'm on a podcast with neff and steven <laughs> And I don't have any tattoos. I don't really want a tattoo. Though the one thing I've always thought that if I got like a uh, like a fantasy lady type archetype riding a Pegasus all over my back, I thought hmm. that would be pretty. Because I think that's funny now. Like Red yeah. Sonia on a Pegasus on my back. Yeah, that's Some hilarious. Kind of like Boris to me. Vallejo Conan. Yeah, exactly. Cover. Like yeah. that's hilarious to me now. And when I'm 75 and it's all rolled over on top of each other and all wrinkly, I would still think it was funny. Yeah, you need a you need a tattoo that would look good airbrushed on the side of a van. Exactly. That's what you're looking for there. <laughs> and That's then where the timelessness comes in. When you take in. your shirt off at the beach, it's like, don't go near him, honey. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> If that, your tattoo that, doesn't that, look like a scene from the animated Hobbit movie, it's not worth tattooing on yourself. I want a tattoo that's the equivalent of a van with no windows. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a quick question for you, man. Please. We were we're, we're going to talk about comic books, I'm sure, here in a little bit. But I got an email from one of our listeners to the Christian Nerd of Godcast, and there was a question that was posed oh. to you and me. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to argue about this or not, but I thought I'd bring it up, and maybe you could tell me what you think about it. Okay. Uh, you're an X Men guy. That's I am. that's kind of your team of choice. So the question was asked: Which X Men team is better? X Men, and I didn't even know they had color designations, but okay. X Men Gold. Or X-Men Blue. Do you know the difference? I do. I have some of those comics. So, this, I mean, X, it's, it was after X-Men versus Inhumans. They sort of relaunched all their X titles. And they okay. had X-Men Gold, which was Kitty Pride, Colossus, Storm, It's um Rachel The list Gray. they gave me was Gene, Storm, Colossus, Bishop, Iceman, and Archangel. Yeah, that, I I haven't got to that point yet. But, but now because now they have they have X Men Gold, they have X Men Blue, and they have X Men Red. Or maybe she's yeah. going way back to what? Who does she have on X Men Blue? Uh, Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast, Psylocke, Gambit, Jubilee, and Rogue. Oh, that's like way back. That's that's X Men number one with Jim Lee, and X Men two eighty one. Okay, that is way that's that's my, that that's my wheelhouse for X Men comics. Yeah, so, so you're right there. And I this would, is submitted by uh by Micah Sims, aka L Seven. Oh, Micah, I was envious that you got to hang out with him. And then Dude, I we went to Cracker Barrel. He it was, was awesome. five minutes away from me. I he literally, think. I sent you something, and I sent him something, and I thought I made a mistake because you literally live on the same road. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we're we're right by each other. Uh. Oh yeah, no. So that that was, I mean, that was when they first split Uncanny X Men into yeah. two X Men books. So mm-hmm. I liked I liked X Men Blue because it had Cyclops and Wolverine and Psylocke. I thought 
they were cool, cooler. See, now I don't. I want to argue with you, but you're right. I mean, Wolverine, especially in that era, is, is the man. Gambit and Rogue are amazing. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops is awesome, and Psylocke is awesome. Psylocke is really cool. She's a British ninja who has a lightsaber that shoots out of her fist. Yes. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, yeah. No disrespect to Jean or Storm. I like Colossus. You know, I like Archangel a little bit, but uh, I think we both agree from the Christian nerd and the Nerd of God cast that X-Men Blue is the better of the two. Thank you so much for that question, though. And the, if you guys have uh, more questions for us. Of those teams. So who's your favorite X-Men? Jean Grey, obviously. Well, I say that because I had a crush on her when I was 10. Okay. But, I mean, it's... it's it it's I don't know it it rotates among Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. They're they're my favorite X Men. Just kind of that that love triangle is probably my favorite X Man. It's the uh, the Luke, Leia, and Han triangle. Yeah, there. but because I mean, but even I don't know if Cyclops is alive or not anymore. But he died at one point. In they the all comics. died. I Even know. in the comics that we're re- that we're going to talk about tonight, the uh, the the Phoenix, Dark yeah. Phoenix. I feel like everybody like oh here's professor x he's dead he's not he's dead yeah. he's not here's jean she's dead she's not she's dead the, yeah. i mean they must have like a rental policy with funeral <laughs> homes and caskets in the x-men universe Cyclops never you... died until he died recently in x-men versus inhumans that was the first time he died and i don't know if he's okay. back yet or not but there's also but... the younger cyclops who beast brought back from the past it's it, it's all over the place right now yeah and i just well, found out they're relaunching everything again with x-men they just but cables their kid but not their kid and then the there's another like gene gray but she's not gene gray Goblin rachel Queen, summers madeline, oh yeah there's rachel summers rachel gray madeline Pryor. yeah it's it's convoluted but yeah i love it <laughs> so since we're talking about convoluted things that we love let's yeah. get into our classic comic conversation good call Sorry to force that segue. I didn't mean to. No, no, you're good. Classic comic conversation. All right, in classic comic conversation, Tony and I have decided, since we both have a subscription to Marvel Unlimited, we thought, let's make use of that by going Mm -hmm. back and looking at some classic comic storylines, ones that we know about because we're nerds and we've been nerds our entire lives, but maybe haven't ever actually sat down and read. And so for our first foray into this last time we shared with you that we would be looking at the dark Phoenix saga, uncanny X-Men number one twenty nine through one thirty eight, or something like that. Yeah. And so even though one thirty eight was kind of more of like the uh, a clip show, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was the shades of gray from Star Trek: The Next Generation season yeah. two. Like Definitely. here's everything the X Men have done up till now. It was kind of nice though to fill in some of those gaps that I had. So, but even, so I started reading with you know one twenty nine whatever it was, and yeah. it's you know Phoenix is there, Jean Grey is there as Phoenix, the team's there, and I thought, oh, I need to go back to when. Jean Grey died the first time, and that was X-Men number 100. And then she comes back as the Phoenix in X-Men 101. And they're like, okay, then I jumped up to 128. Then as I'm reading through it, it's like, oh, but she died again in X-Men 107 and 108 with the Shi'ar Empire. 
And I didn't yeah. go back and read that because I didn't have enough time. But See, if you'd have just read ahead to 138, it would have covered all of that, plus every single appearance <laughs> of Magneto. Plus, who's Black Tom Cassidy? Let's answer that yeah. here. Who, who is Arcade and no, what is I know, Murder I World? I knew who Black Tom Cassidy was because he was in X-Men 100 and X-Men 101 when they went to go visit Banshee's Castle in Ireland. There you go. Banshee's Castle, when they had the uh, Epcot X-Men, it was like, here is Cyclops and one from every nation. Our powers combined. Really? Here's Captain Planet. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you got, like, Africa. You got Germany. You got you know, the Japan. You have Native American. You have a and Canadian. And is just crying at all the trash, just one solitary tear. <laughs> and then they kill him. Cheek. So. Oh, Warpath's yeah, awesome. Okay, so what did you think? So we, we both know the Dark Phoenix storyline, at least in general. I've never yeah. read it before. What, I'd never did, read it before either. What, what did you think? Uh, very dialogue heavy, and when you when you step into this, you definitely feel like there's a lot that has happened before I showed up to this storyline. Mm-hmm. And they and this is a problem with Marvel comics, but I find especially with X Men, they drag all of that baggage with them. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens, uh, they they just bring it to the party. So it's like you got to know all the things that they just came from, all the things that tie together their dynamics with the story with Proteus. I mean, they just really kind of expect that you're either caught up or they're going to motivate you to go back and buy the last few issues. Or they will catch you up with a bunch of exposition. (laughs) That's that's what they did. And I don't know if that's necessarily an X-Men comics thing or just a comics from the 60s and 70s and the early 80s. There's so much exposition. If you go back and read old Spider-Man, Captain America, I was reading the first run of Captain Marvel. The, the, what's his name? Oh my gosh, I totally blanked. Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, I was reading the Marvel version. I mean, yeah. of Captain Marvel, and he, like, he just has his internal internal monologue is just every. So there's just giant word bubbles on every page of him. They did that to save ink because it was all in outer space, and they didn't want to have to color the whole page black. <laughs> so just so much thought and exposition, which I read more modern comics, and there's not as much exposition. Sure. But, so so yeah, they they do like to. There's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of baggage that goes along with the X Men, especially in this because, and, and this was one of the things that was surprising me that if Jean died originally in X Men 100 and then she became the Phoenix X Men 101, and she doesn't die again until X Men 137. I mean, she was Phoenix for almost three years, over three years of sure. the comic books, and it, it just it doesn't seem like it was that long in my mind. It just seemed that she became Phoenix became Dark Phoenix really quickly and or maybe that's just what the movies have shown us that she was Phoenix and then Dark Phoenix and then died. kills kills Cyclops off screen yeah yeah so she would like she was just Jean Grey as Phoenix a nice super powerful mutant for a long time in the comics which was pretty surprising to me yeah and I, I have no problem with Phoenix I thought it was yeah, an no. interesting dynamic turn on the character but uh, it seemed like in this storyline they turned her quick but she never fully turned I didn't feel the tension I think that they mm. wanted me to feel from Dark Phoenix and maybe it's because I'm looking back with the arrogance of uh, of experience but uh, I just I didn't feel as um, oh no danger I just always felt at the last moment like I remember you you're Scott I love mm-hmm. you I can't hurt you um yeah, but I, I, I liked wanted... how they did that with Mastermind, though, where Jean was wondering if she's having an out-of-body experience of something from some ancestor from the 18th century. I thought that was kind of a cool way for her yeah. to be confused about what was going on. It was a little rapey, though, wasn't it? Uh, well, most comics in the 60s, 70s, and 80s were. 
the, the Hellfire Club itself seems like a really strange kind of eyes wide shut cabal, doesn't it? <laughs> Very much so. I'm not a I'm not a fan of I mean, so, dude, Sebastian, put a shirt on for crying out loud. You know, well, just a creepy. Well, the white queen and the black queen just walk around in lingerie. So why would Sebastian Shaw have a shirt on? Very uncomfortable. Yeah, and there and there is a lot of low key nudity in this too. They didn't <laughs> didn't wait very long to just kind of here's Wolverine in a shower like covered in fur. I mean, here's completely Storm in her own shower that she just made for herself. No, that was in another uh, another shower. That was that was when she was in Banshee's Castle. But yeah, with but the Hellfire had... with the Hellfire Club, I was I was surprised that in these eight or nine issues they introduced so many characters that and persisted. That's the thing. Yeah, Chris like I was... just got on a tear. He's like, I'm going to do this person and this person and this person. And like, so is that consistent characters. with X Men? Because I know there's a ton of X Men characters. Is it just like every three episodes no, a new character? Because gonna... it was this... like, here's all these bad guys. Oh, here's Dazzler. Yeah. Oh, here's Kitty Pride. Just yeah. keep throwing them at now, me. No, this man. is like this felt like the Mitch Hedberg joke where he says he holds the microphone cord and the let's go and all the jokes come flying out. Yeah. It felt like Chris Claremont had a bunch of characters locked and loaded because just it's, 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 the Hel- it's the hellfire club which had never been yeah. introduced for emma frost sebastian shaw mastermind had been around um the cyborg guy i forget his name he was introduced dazzler kitty pride i mean and dazzler and kitty pride they're still around today oh yeah in terms of x-men and so dazzler was one of the playable characters in the six-person x-men arcade oh, game that is my favorite my my this one of the saddest things in my life is that X, Microsoft hasn't ported that to be playable on the Xbox One. I have it's the arcade version. On the PlayStation 3, it is playable in four or six-player mode. But you can't play it on your PlayStation 4? No, they never they never. Yeah, I can play that. it on my Xbox 360, but I can't play it on my Xbox yeah. One. On the PS3, I had a bunch of those arcade games. I had The Simpsons. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, oh, which was yes. my favorite. Double Dragon and, and X-Men. I love that. Just I loved that give cabinet. me three friends, give me a stack of tokens, and let us beat up a bunch of color palette swap villains. Do you have a Nintendo Switch? I do. I'm tempted to get one because Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is coming out for the Nintendo yes. Switch. I, now, I have Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 for my PS4. I bought that for Xbox 360 and for PS3 and for PS4. Yeah, I I've, love those games. I've got them on my Xbox One. They're they're tremendous. And I'm never interested in getting a Switch. I never play video games. But I thought... Hey, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I love those games. That could be yeah. a good excuse to not drink out of the milk carton and try not to <laughs> piss off my wife so I can buy a Switch, which won't happen. Yeah. I love that you're that you're thinking about it, though. Yeah. Uh, love the superfluous cameo from uh, Jimmy Carter with yes. all of his <laughs> heavily, awesome. heavily lean Southern dialogue, Jaws. man. Yeah. Molasses it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue like from Georgia. Oh, uh, that was great. Um, I I thought so. Yeah, all the big lead up. She becomes Dark Phoenix, but she was only Dark Phoenix for basically two issues, which again feels really short for mm-hmm. kind of how large of a th- of a storyline it really has become in, yeah. in in comic book history. But she wasn't Dark Phoenix for very long. She blows up sun, destroys a planet. But I thought it was all pretty anticlimactic. I thought yeah. that X-Men 3 actually handled her death much better than the comic book. Yeah. I kept waiting for Wolverine to come up and stab her. Yeah. I'm like, that that's the way she needs to go. Nope, she just kind of committed suicide very yeah, she, vaguely. She set up she set up a gun to shoot her. 
Yeah, very vaguely. It was just like, oh, what just... I had to read the page twice. I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure what just happened. And and the whole tag at the end with, oh, she's back to normal. But now we're in outer space for yeah. reasons. Um, and I've never liked the Marvel cosmic outer space storylines. They've always been very difficult and weird to me. So really? uh, to me, that was like tagging the end of Lord of the Rings with a scene from the Lost World Jurassic Park or something. It was like, oh, oh that was disappointing. It was going so well. It's going so well. So, yeah. Overall, I would say I'm not sad I read it. It was... No. I'm glad I read it. But it was a little... Very much comics from the late 70s, early 80s. A lot of the tropes. A lot of the, you know, sort of hey, why is Mastermind kind of really creepy and doing all these things and, you know, forcing Jean Grey to do stuff, which I think was a lot in comics in the 70s and 80s. And it it felt like reading a comic that, you know, is 30 years old, because it is. Yeah. Or 40 years old. 40 years old. Oh, my gosh. We're old. You're old. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But happy I read it. And it did end a little anticlimactically. I thought, wow, X-Men 3 really got this much better. It was much yeah. better for. That's a I great. Did, scene I didn't in X-Men hate X Men Three. I, I, I hate X Men. I liked 3. it ugh, a little bit. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It got some stuff right. That's like what I'm saying. Logan's skin flying off of him and then healing again while he went up to stab Jean. That was good, but making Jean Grey just some. I don't know. That was terrible. <laughs> okay, agree to disagree. Okay, so let us know what you thought if you checked it out. And we will, if you have any suggestions for what you think we should read next, let us know. Push me outside X-Men, because that's all I've ever read. But it needs to be Marvel, because we have Marvel, Marvel Unlimited. Unlimited. So I know there's I some... had a couple suggestions. Oh, what do you have? If nobody comes up with anything, I think we should take a dip into the uh, Star Wars comics. Oh, okay. So if somebody has a better idea, I'm all ears. Let but... us know, and then we will, we'll, we'll pick it in a couple weeks, let you know what it is, and then come back yeah. next time and talk about it. Now. Fun. Yeah, we're going to have a little Bible study. Bible study. All right, Bible study is a very simple concept. We pick a verse or a passage and then... We talk about it, and since we're both pastors, it's pretty much our favorite thing to do, talking about God's Word and figuring out how to apply it to our lives. I leave work at work, freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is not your problem, Tony. I mean, it's your problem, but not the way you described it. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be great pastors, right? Like, no, we only think about God at church. Yeah, I mean, no. That's, that's how you do it, right? I think I've made a huge mistake. Hopefully my pastor's not listening to this. He doesn't. All right. So today we are going to be looking at Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. Would you want to read this for us, Tony, in your awesome voice? I've had people, many, many people say, man, Tony's voice is amazing. Uh-huh. Like, yes, it is. Were any of them McDonald's drive through employees? No, no. no they okay. only care about eyes. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'd be glad to read. Uh, We're going verse 4 through 10, correct? Yes. Here we go. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, 
I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thus say the word of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What excites you about this passage, Tony? What what doesn't really, I mean, when you have God saying, and I know contextually he's saying this to Jeremiah, yeah. but if he knows it about Jeremiah, mm-hmm. golly, I believe he knows it about me. If he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb, then I have a life of destiny. I have a life that's on purpose. It's not an accident. It's not happenstance. I am known, and and with that comes a reason for me to be here, and and I just I'm so excited about that from the right from the get go. Uh, when when I, I work with teenagers, and and you know when you see young people doing great things for God and not falling back on the I'm too young, or they get that opportunity, I love that. And mm-hmm. when you see God empowering people to do the things that He's called them to, I mean, just line up every single verse, and everyone excites me in this passage. Yeah, it it is. And even feeling a little lackadaisical as I am, I always find encouragement in passages like this. Because sometimes it just, I mean, I I preached a sermon on this a couple weeks ago, but I think I might just be experiencing it in my life. Sometimes it just sort of feels like we're going through the motions that I'm being a pastor, I'm being a husband, I'm being a father, I'm being a friend, I'm being a podcast. And like, you know, we just kind of go through all those motions. I. I, we talked about it as the, as the sermon I gave when I was on a treadmill, just kind of the idea that sometimes our lives feel like a treadmill and just sort of stuck and we're not going anywhere. We're not getting any deeper. We're just, we have a lot of activity, but we don't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's passages like this that can sort of shake me out of that a little bit because like what you said, that my, my density, not my dang it. I, I meant to say that as a joke, <laughs> but then I said it for real. My destiny isn't to be stuck going through the motions. My destiny is to go out and to do something yeah. like God has created me for a purpose. And that purpose isn't to stay on a treadmill and just feel like I'm going through the motions of, you know, and, and this is the hard part too, that when we look at our lives, that I'm not going through the motions of being a drug dealer or anything like that. I'm going through the motions of working at a church. I'm going through the motions of being a, being a father, I'm going through the motions of trying to be a good husband. Like those are good things, but even those good things can become a little treadmill-like of just kind of going through the motions. And so needing to find um, kind of like the spark, I guess, that can breathe life into those those roles and those activities. Because I don't think it's well, I got to go off and change the world and abandon my wife and my my child. That's not what God's calling me to. But what's it look like to have life and vivaciousness in these roles to which I've been called? that God has called me. And so I think that's, that's what excites me a little bit. I love the word vivaciousness. That excites me. Vivacious. I don't vivacious. know if I used it correctly, but it sounded good. I used it. What? Yeah. There, there's oh. so much in this that's mm-hmm. empowering too, yeah. because you know, we, we have this, I am going to like, like, 
don't be afraid, mm-hmm. God says. I am with you. Man, every single day I need to hear that. Yeah. Every day. It's just, it's it's brilliant that God has not only called, but then accompanies us. It's, I mean, I hate to oversimplify it. It's that Gandalf kind of thing, you know? Like, I show up and say, hey, you're on this quest, but I'm going to, yeah. you know, to the fires of Mount Doom. Well, kind of, I'll send the eagles at least. Well, at least. <laughs> at least. What, what convicts you in this passage? In... Verse six, Jeremiah's response, you know, God, first off, God's talking to Jeremiah Uh and I don't know where Jeremiah lives. If God just, you know, strolls through town and knocks on people's doors with random words of wisdom, but Jeremiah is got, he's got a direct personal address from God. (laughs) The word of the Lord came to me saying, by the way, this is you. BTW. BT dubs. And Jeremiah goes, yeah, I know who I know you, but I don't know the me that you're describing. Mm. Uh, and he immediately starts with his excuses. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. Like, let's talk about what I can't do. Yeah. And and I mean, I don't know what his response w- w- ex- he expected from God. I don't know if he thought God was going to say, "Oh, oh, my bad. I didn't realize. I'll come back later." Or <laughs> why don't you take a class and learn how to speak? Go and practice your oration skills, and then we can talk and i mean god knew what he was doing when he called jeremiah but jeremiah mm-hmm. still fronted with those yeah i can't and i go god how i wonder how many times you've put something before me i wonder how many times there's been an open door or a dream or an opportunity or a challenge and my first reaction was yeah i can't do that mm-hmm. and 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 if that's disqualified me or put me outside of god's best for me because I created the limitations that God never intended. Yeah, I always wrestle. I mean, when you're going through seminary and, you know, thinking about like God's sovereignty and how much do my actions limit God's ability to work in my life? God's sovereign. Yeah. He can do everything he wants, but mm-hmm. he's also not going to be creepy like mastermind and force his way onto me. You know, like <laughs> oh. there's some there's some give and take there where yeah. if I'm open to it, then God can use me to do more. And if I'm closed off to it, then, you know, God will harden my heart and he won't be able to do as much with me. And I I loved what you said. I don't, you sort of went by it, but I thought it was profound where Jeremiah knew who God was, but he didn't know who he was Mm -hmm. and he understood who God was, but he didn't see himself as God sees him. And I think that can be a challenging thing because I know I've wrestled with that. I've been in therapy and stuff because of that, of just this idea that I'm never good enough or, you know, I can't, I can't live up to the example of my grandpa or I can't live up to the example of my uncle. Like these great men of God in my life that, you know, while they've set a great example, it's also this, you know, shining star that I can never aspire to that's create, created a lot of weight in my life. But yeah. just needing to understand that it's like, yeah, like they're great. And I know who God is, but I don't, I don't always understand how God sees me, that I'm his beloved child, that Mm -hmm. if he calls me, he's going to equip me. If he calls me, he's going to empower me. We, we had a meeting yesterday for our preaching team and we were talking with a new Testament professor. We're going to be going through John this summer. And so we're meeting with the new Testament professor to kind of give some insight into John. And he talked about how John always says that he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we all, you know, like, I'm, I've always been like, Oh yeah, John's, Hey, look, John, that's funny. He's like, Jesus loves me more than you guys deal with it. And that's as far as I've ever really thought about it. And this professor was saying, like, well, no, like, it wasn't about his relationship with Jesus. It was about Jesus' relationship with him, that he had gotten to a point where 
like he's a beloved disciple. Like Jesus is so great and Jesus loves him that that, that transforms him. And so it's kind yeah. of that invitation that we too can be disciples whom Jesus loves. And a lot of times I'm just so, I don't know, like I know my life. I know what I've done. I'm not that great. I'd like to be self-deprecating. Like I can be the disciple that Jesus loves a little bit. Or I can be the disciple that Jesus loves with qualifiers versus I can be the disciple whom Jesus loves. Again, yeah. I get less comfortable that, with that. And that identity came from not what John did, but what Jesus did. Yeah. It's it's all our reflection of his projection. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's – you see that even in this verse. I love yeah. that when you look in Jeremiah 1.5 and you look at the Hebrew roots of some of these words, which I, I love to do. When he says, I consecrated you or I set you apart, uh, I sanctified you, that word – and I'm going to slaughter it because I don't speak Hebrew – is kadash, which is one of Bless the names – yeah, God. <laughs> going for the low hanging fruit there. Always. That's one of the names of of God is like Jehovah M Kadesh, which is the I'm the God who consecrates you. Like part of God's identity is perfected mm-hmm. and manifested in who He says Jeremiah is. Yeah. There's definitely a this is who I am, and therefore this is who mm-hmm. you are. Uh, when when he reaches out his hand and touches his mouth, he says, "I've put my words in your mouth." He mm-hmm. didn't say, "Go out and be clever." Uh, he didn't say go out and be smart. Go out and say the best you know how to say. Open up with a joke. Make an illustration. <laughs> he, and forgive me, he didn't even say, hey, talk from a treadmill or anything like that. It's it's not the gimmick. It's I have put my words. Yeah. And, and with word, I have put my authority in in your mouth. Like when you speak, you speak for me because mm-hmm. I'm I'm giving you the power. Anybody can rely on a gimmick but unless there's something more to it it's just noise and god has said this is who i am therefore this is who you are and jeremiah didn't see that jeremiah said yeah you're the sovereign lord but me not so much and and god resets the pins and says no no this is who i am this is who you are go do work yeah and not even and even beyond the context of ministry i think that's I mean, we're covered in Christ's righteousness that, I mean, this is a great calling for ministry. And we clearly see that because Jeremiah is being called to ministry. We've been called to ministry. We think everybody's called to ministry. And so this could speak to them in that. But just, I mean, even beyond that, just the fact that who God is defines like who I am just as a person, not as yeah. a servant, not as a minister, as a beloved child of God. And yeah. that's so, I mean, I've, I've been in church my whole life and it's still something I wrestle with, that it's not about what I can do. It's not about how good I am. It's not about, you know, my life or my choices or anything. It's it's the fact that, that God loves me, that I'm covered by the grace of Christ poured out on the cross. And that yeah. it, it has zero to do. My, my one responsibility is to respond, and I can't even respond unless God draws me to himself and the Holy Spirit doesn't work in my life. But I can't do anything. Like, there's nothing I can do. It's, it's just all God. It's all God. It's all Jesus blood it's all the holy spirit working inside of me and that i still get trapped in that mindset of like well what what can i do what can i do to to not earn god's love maybe that's what it is but what can i do to get off my treadmill what can i do to feel like i have more going on in my life um so yeah it's it's and i I wasn't knocking the treadmill as an illustration i I, I know yeah (laughs) trust me my biggest wrestling with that is like this is a really, really good image. It's probably too good of an image because people are just going to f- remember the image and not not the point. Well, I think that when 
that when, when God speaks through us, when we speak the power, and that's why I'm a Pentecostal. That's one of the things that I believe very mm-hmm. much, very strongly is that God has given us his word to speak and with his authority that uh, Jesus says, hey, it's better for me to go so that you guys can have this Holy Spirit, so yeah. you guys can have this comforter with you because Jesus spoke as one like the Son of God, you know, but when uh, when we all operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, it, all of us can speak mm-hmm. with Jesus's voice, with Jesus's authority, with that power and that conviction and, and do real work in this world. And it doesn't matter if you're young, rich, poor, black, white, you know, Asian, left, le- Asian, anything, <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, Florida, you know, we all, even even Floridians, Florida even us guy, down here man. in the disreputable corner of the South. Yeah. Um, yeah, but don't be afraid. I'm yeah. with you. I will rescue you. That whole verse, don't be afraid of them. I am with you. I will rescue you. It's it's two words. It's basically God just saying, I got you. Yeah. Like, I got you. Um, and, and he's got you. No matter who you are, just do what he's doing, and he's got you. Yeah, which clearly answers our third point of, or question of what, what can encourage others. I think that if you're not encouraged, I that, that's dumb. I hope you can yeah. be encouraged by this passage, and whether it's in terms of ministry and calling or just the fact that kind of like what Tony said, which I loved, it's not about it's, – it's you knowing who God is, but also knowing who you are in God, being that reflection of who he is, the luminous object that is just reflecting God's light that, you know, we, we can't I, – I, for me, I beat myself up, and I just lose sight of the fact that, like, no, God, God's called me. God loves me. God covers me. Jesus died on cross for me. The Holy Spirit empowers me and resides within inside. Like, oh yeah, that that that's a lot, and I I, I can lose sight of that. So hopefully, if yeah. you're out there and you can lose sight of that, hopefully this can be encouraging to you because that's what God's word is supposed to do: encourage our hearts and help us live more like Jesus. Hopefully, yeah, and see ourselves that way because God sees us that way, but also to see others mm-hmm. that way too. Because, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at a young person or a person that's different from you or uh, a person that may not have your skill level or, or a person that has more than you do, uh, we still have to see them as someone that God knows. I mean, and I don't want to extend it into an uncomfortable political thing or, or you know, create any kind of ethical uh you know, dilemma here, but that, that goes even to the elderly and to the unborn. I mean, life is a precious gift that God gives, and we have to make sure that we see the value in uh, others, even people that don't believe like us. We've got to see that Especially God is, people who don't believe. I think we need to yeah. be extra intentional about seeing the value of people who don't believe like we do. And the burden is on us yeah, because yeah, it's, we're it's the ones on that have them. that command not, from God. Yeah, it's not on them. Like, man, I should I should live differently so these Christians will love me. It's like, no, it's it's on us. Like, we're we're the ones who have been called to love. Yeah. Which um, is why I think there should be like some kind of spiritual authority on whether Christians should be allowed to post on Facebook or not. Because sometimes <laughs> you're not making things better, you guys. I, I've gotten to a point where all those people are hidden from my news feed. I just, I, I, I got to that point. It's, it's where you go through in where, you know, cause people just share stuff. And so then I was going through, I was like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hide the thing that they've shared because then if they share again, I won't see it. Then if all I'm doing is hiding thing that hiding things that that person has shared, it's like, well, I'm just going to hide that person and my life will be better for it. Mute people forever for a season, for a month, just have a breather. It's okay. You know, social <laughs> media don't need to be the thing that cause us to freak out and get angry yeah 
Sorry for that little aside. It didn't really have too much to do with what we were talking about, but this editorial brought to you by us. You. <laughs> yeah, me, me mostly. Uh, the thoughts and feelings of Tony Talavera do not necessarily represent the Christian Nerd or Scott Higa or the Christian Nerd LLC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same from this side, reversed. <laughs> amen. Especially and amen. more, because I'm sure at yeah. some point I'll probably say something much more offensive that people will be like, what? Are you sure that guy loves Jesus, Tony? Come on. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I defend you as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope there's not too many people wondering what you're doing talking no it's steven right he hates it is all Uh, day every day i texted him i was up late because i was playing dungeons and dragons and then i had to do our church's newsletter. letter so i texted him i was listening to your podcast at one o'clock in the morning and he was talking about anchorman so i just sent him a text message said i love anchorman i thought that's a weird random text for somebody to receive at four o'clock in the morning on the east coast yep yep i sent one to you too yep that's okay that's all right I don't mind. I usually have no idea what you're talking about. So if, if you do that kind of stuff, just reference what episode you're listening yeah, to, no, and a timestamp would be I'm great, just too. I'm th- throwing all the random stuff out yeah. there. Like, what's going I li- on? I like Anchorman. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good job. I, I, My I like... bicycle has a bell on it. All right. I, thanks, I, Scott. I love lamp. <laughs> all right. That's it for this episode of the Christian Nerd Godcast. That's all. You can check out thechristianerd.com for all your Christian needs. Or the nerdofgodcast.com for all your Nerd of Godcast needs. You can yes. follow Tony on Twitter at It's Me Tony T or at Nerd of Godcast. You and can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Higa, not no underscore. No. Or the, at Christian underscore. At nerd. Christian underscore. That's where the There's underscore. the underscore. There's I the, you knew, knew it was, was somewhere. You knew it. You knew I it. I knew it. I knew it. All right. Goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Internet. All right, I go check my daughter. I think she's up and sad. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, Poor so baby. Sad, huh? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I don't think she fell asleep. I think she was no. awake and sad the whole time. Oh, oh it's okay. Do you want to go watch something? Okay, give me one minute. Do you want to uh, Do you want to go watch something and have a snack? <laughs> <laughs>